Welcome to Makeup Lessons for Life. I'm your host, Sharon Braxton. Thanks for joining us today, and we're so thankful for all you listeners, whether you're in the United States or abroad. Wherever you are in the world today, we pray that you are well, that you are safe, and that you're blessed. You know, as we journey through life, we all enjoy good times. There's so many good times, all those happy moments and joyous occasions. But at some point, we all experience pain, loss, and disappointment. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, what do we do when tragedy strikes? Do we just throw up our hands, give up, and just allow the devastating events to bury us, almost bury us alive? Or do we run to God and allow Him to raise us up from the ashes of our despair? Well, today, a young couple will share their story of loss and heartache, but also how the Lord in His holiness helped them to find joy and peace in the middle of their pain. Their story mixes the bitter with the sweet to create a beautiful picture of a loving father who carries us through our darkest hours. As you listen today, don't be surprised if you find yourself moving from sadness and weeping to shouting and rejoicing. But before we bring on our guests, I want to introduce my dear friend, co-host, sidekick, and executive producer of the show, Peggy Fraser O'Connor. Hey, Sharon. It's good to be back with you and Thomas in the studio. I love being with you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an amazing story I have today. I have to tell you how I met this uh, sweet couple through actually Pastor Shane Gray from Hope works church and um, basically what was happening I was there at his facility looking to assist in the production for another friend of ours Robert Borelli mm-hmm. is is doing a piece and so Robert asked if I would help produce a segment that he is doing and um, while we were at lunch with Pastor Gray he was talking about we were talking about amazing stories that we do and he was sharing about this couple that we're gonna visit with today and when I heard what they had to say, what they were all about in pre-production to Sharon, it just blew me away, the hand of God that's on their lives. And I just couldn't wait for you to get them in the studio so that we could hear their story. Let's get started. Well, you know, for most parents, there's nothing more devastating than the death of a child. The pain and agony from the loss can feel overwhelming and unbearable at times. Our guests today are children's pastors Austin and Courtney Farley of Hope Works Fellowship, as Peggy mentioned, in Fort Worth, Texas. And they know all too well the pain and agony of losing a child, having lost their youngest son, August, in a drowning accident back in 2018, just a few months before his third birthday. According to a 2019 report from the American Academy of Pediatrics, after birth defects, drowning is the leading cause of death in children ages 1 to 4. But the Farleys were more than just a statistic. They were a couple raising their family, enjoying life, experiencing their dream, when suddenly their world was turned upside down in an instant. In our segment today called Celebration of Life, The Farleys will share how the Lord rushed to them during the darkest time of their lives and lovingly led them through the hurt and pain of their son's tragic death, one step at a time, one day at a time. And the process of healing is still continuing today. You know, their story is a reminder of God's faithfulness and His promise in Psalm 147.3 to heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. Austin and Courtney, thank you so much. It's so good to meet you, and I'm so thankful that you have agreed to sit down in our makeup chair and just open your hearts to us. 
Thank you for having us. We're Absolutely. so grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you all. Well, you know, after speaking with you both a few days ago, Peggy and I talked, and we knew that your story would have a tragic element to it, but at the same time, we felt that it should be called Celebration of Life <laughs> because we're recording this show, listeners, on October 14th. But tomorrow, October 15th, is a very special celebration for your family. Uh, Courtney, tell us what tomorrow is. Tomorrow is August's birthday. He would have been five tomorrow. Wow. And that's why we feel so honored to get to celebrate him, his life today, and all that he meant to you and all that he meant to your family. So honored to do that. You know, it's interesting, too, because we didn't know that when we scheduled no. everything, our, you know, different people that we have on the show. And I had talked to you about coming on, and it wasn't until we did pre-production that we found out that, that we're part of the celebration of, of uh, August's birthday. And so I just, I'm just honored to be having this experience with you. Absolutely. And then it turns out that tomorrow, October 15th, is special for another reason. But we're going to let you tell us about that just a little bit later in the show. Well, before we talk about your son, August, and all the details of the incident, I want the listeners to learn a little bit about your backstory, because I feel it's very interesting, starting with you, Austin. Tell us a little bit about your faith growing up as a kid. Um, so, you know, I was raised um, Methodist. and, mm-hmm. and I was so, too. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, oh, yeah. Thomas too. Hey, there we go. We've got a, uh, got a house, <laughs> Three full, in the house. house full of Methodists here. Um, and so, you know, we were in church um, every Sunday, um, but, but then mostly after church and throughout the week, we didn't really talk about the Lord and we didn't really have an active walk with God where, where we were... Um, leaning on him and, 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 uh, relying on him and, and, you know, sh- asking him to shoulder our burdens and just, you know, walking with him. And so, um, it was, uh, I, I thank my parents so much for that foundation mm-hmm. of faith, but, uh, it wasn't as active of a walk as, as we have now. So, you know, praise God for and that. You know, that happens a lot. That happens a lot where you're going to church and you are experiencing that, but not that day to day existence with the Lord. What about you, Courtney? What were your experiences growing up in church? Um, I grew up in a Bible-based, um, non-denominational church, and it was wonderful. My parents were really um, involved, and it was kind of a second home for us. Um, but you, even more than that, I, I had a really tight connection with the Lord from a really early age. He, he really was my best friend. I used to be terrified of spending the night out at places, and... Um, he was honestly the only reason I was able to ever do that. I was the kid who would, you know, get sick and have to go home. <laughs> and um, and when I got too old to do that, or my parents just said, we're not coming back at midnight to pick you up again, I would find a wall and um, that would be him. And I would I would talk to him and through the night and he would... He never talked back, but I knew he was there, and he would help me fall asleep. At that is so sleep. precious. You know, it's nothing like the innocence of a child mm-hmm. and a child's relationship with the Lord. But you know, what I thought was neat is that you both knew each other in high school, and Courtney, you had a little secret, secret crush oh, on yeah. Austin and a secret <laughs> prayer. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah. Austin had a girlfriend all through high school, and he would pick her up for school, and um you know, open the door for her and get her bag and take her into school. And I would watch this every morning as I, you know, pulled up alone and, <laughs> and walked in alone. And <laughs> and I would see him and I would just tell the Lord, Lord, I know I can't have him because he's just too good <laughs> to be true. But oh will you goodness. please give me someone like him? 
Wow, and God gave you him. Exactly. So that was good. <laughs> I'm just curious, Austin, did you know that she was watching you from afar? Um, well, I got to say, it's a little bit of revisionist history there. I, I don't know how, how good of <laughs> oh, a boyfriend that know. was. Uh, he didn't know. But, but, um, but yes, I mean, I, I you know, it, I always thought that she was just so amazingly beautiful and, and just kind of thought like, you know, man, uh, that would, but I, I was always with someone else. So we, we just never really had the chance to date, but, but, uh, you know, I, I, whenever we did re, we always say we, we re-met, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was just almost instant we were just I mean I, I and yeah and I want to talk about that because mm-hmm. I know that as you grew up you went your separate ways and you were telling us earlier that during your 20s you kind of ran from the Lord and you weren't as committed but then you both had a turning point and separately you did recommit your lives to Christ so Courtney tell us about your change of heart and, and what happened um I had um physically run away from the Lord um for you know, a myriad of reasons when my mom was terminally ill and I, I was kind of trying to, I, I played soccer in college. That's how I, I went to school. And um, I had better schools that offered me soccer scholarships that were in this local area. And I chose the furthest geographically away. Mm. <laughs> and so um, based on nothing but geography. So I was there trying to do it on my own, kind of mm-hmm. telling the Lord I was going to do it on my own. And that of course failed and blew up in my face. So I was back home and, um, just had the moment of I can still feel the cold floor on my nose of laying out in front of him and just saying I get it I get it Mm. if I never have a boyfriend or a husband if I never have any children if I never if I lost everyone in my family if I were homeless on the street you're it Mm. you are just it And it's just, I got it in that moment. I can so identify. I remember being 16 and and in my room just going, this is real. Without God, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't even want to try. I'm curious, Austin, what about you? What led you to rededicate your life to Christ? And what was that experience like for you? Um, You know, kind of a a similar situation where I had just run away from from the Lord. And, and, you know, my life was was, uh, just not going uh, down a path that that um, you know that I was proud of that my parents would have been proud of that the Lord uh, w- would have been proud of and and I just remember kind of in the same way just dropping to my knees and and just pleading with with God you know I mean um, these days uh, thank thanks to my wife I mean she's just such an amazing um, factor in in my faith and and just with with the walk that I've been able to develop and I just thank God so much for putting her in my life um but you know whenever I uh at that time when I fell to my knees I was just pleading with God you know and nowadays I, I speak a lot more expectant expectantly but I was just saying God please you know help me get back to what you want for me in, in my life help me to turn back to to, to the path that is good, you know, that is true, that is yours. And so um, he, you know, 
Uh, well, you know, God really heard your prayers, both of you. It's like both of you were surrendering mm. completely. And after you did that, he could move. And he moved rather quickly, as you were <laughs> mentioning before. You re- reconnected right after you prayed. Courtney, how soon after the prayer did you reconnect with Austin? Three days. Oh, wow. Three days. <laughs> yeah. You know, I heard somebody say, it doesn't take God a long time to do what he's going to do. It takes us a long time to get ready. And that's, that's true in your Amen. case, wasn't it? Amen. Amen. What did the Lord tell you about him when you guys reconnected? Um, it was just, it was kind of immediate. Like, it was, you've given, you finally did it. You finally gave over your life to me. Now I can give you what I've oh. always wanted to give you. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was basically like, this was the gift I had for you all along. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what about you, Austin? How quickly after you prayed did you reconnect? Um, you, you know, it was a, a couple of months. Literally. That's still fast. And, That's oh, pretty fast. I know. It's, it's like we always say, God's not a short order cook, but occasionally <laughs> he, he comes right through, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, so it was uh, just such an amazing blessing. To, well, you know, when we were talking earlier, you told Peggy and, and, and me a quote, and we both said we were going to have to steal it from you <laughs> because it was so good, and it's about not settling for less. Could you share that quote now? Uh, yes, that's uh, uh, my, my pastor, uh, our pastor Shane Gray always uh, uh, relates this to us in that, um, you know, uh, sometimes we're satisfied with the, with the hotel swimming pool, but God wants to give us the ocean. And, um, you know, that, that's how I feel with, with my wife. Is that he... And I think he got that from C.S. Lewis. I think he's attributed that to C.S. Okay. Lewis. <laughs> so, goes down C.S. the C.S. Lewis via Shane Gray. <laughs> well, we all I know is I want the ocean. <laughs> I, I do too. Ocean. Amen. And, you know, Austin, I have to say, I think it is so neat how much you honor your wife. It is very sweet. Mm. I mean, I can tell how much you love her, yes, but also you honor her and her <laughs> importance in your life, and I think that is so neat. Well, thank you. Well, I know that you proposed to Courtney three months after you re-met, as you put it, and you were engaged a year after that, and then you two married in 2007, and then three years later, in 2010, you had your first son, West. But getting pregnant with your first child was very difficult, Courtney, because you told us that you struggled with infertility issues, and I know that fertility treatments can be very difficult. I had a friend who went through that process, and it can be taxing, and then it can also be disappointing pointing when it doesn't work and the process fails. So Courtney, what was your experience like and how did God walk you through all of that? Well, it was 12 cycles and um, Wow, 12? Mhm. Mm. And I was teaching at the time, so I just had um It's a tough year. It, yeah, it was a tough year. <laughs> yeah, um it is hard. But the Lord really that's when he started speaking to us about expecting and and we're not going to beg for things that we already have like his peace and his hope and his and his love that we already have we don't have to go in and beg for those things because he's he's already blessed us with those so he really started us walking in that um you know, it's also very expensive. <laughs> it is. And I'm just wondering, though, with the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs, was it hard for you to maintain your faith that you were actually going to get pregnant at some point? You know, it was that expectancy piece. I was like, you know, I I trust you, Lord. I trust that this is a, a good thing. I trust that, you know, you put this desire in my heart. I trust. I, we were just really trusting that he was going to um, do that for right. us. What I thought was interesting, though, was after the birth of West, it's like your womb just 
opened up <laughs> because your family grew and grew. You had three more babies and you were having them about 17 to 18 months apart. You told us about your two daughters, Ivy in 2012 and Lake in 2014. And then you had your baby son, August in 2015. So now, Austin, you're looking around and you're the papa of four kids. Are you yes. like shocked or did you really think, oh, I knew this was going to happen? Uh, you know, it, it was just a blessing. You know, we, we love being parents. We love um, uh, just the the kiddos and, and just the experience of, of I mean, even, you know, uh, pregnancy is so fun. And, and so, like, uh, whenever we, I, I mean, hey. I'm a pregnant saying, lady. It, that's, that's I'm her. sorry, I that's had to totally, laugh there. That's totally due to her. She is, like, super happy, never really has any issues. I feel like, like the Lord made me to have some babies. Yeah, yeah. I feel she good when I'm pregnant. You know, whenever I, I, whenever you know, I see. You I had good pregnancies, too. Did I you? didn't, yeah. so I'm jealous. I'm telling you. <laughs> but, yeah, so, sorry. I didn't mean to say they're all, <laughs> no, all sunshine and roses, <laughs> but cute. yes, no way. You know, um, it, it was just a blessing, and 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 uh, so yeah. You know, whenever we decided to, um, you know, just continue to to remain in prayer and to and to try to let God lead our family, we just felt like He was, uh, you know. Uh, continuing to bless us with more, so we were we were thankful. Well, what was a fun day like in the Farley house? With all four kids. A fun day. It's noisy. <laughs> it's super yes. noisy. It's up early. It's um, lots of running. Lots of running around. Lots of, lots yeah, of, lots of uh, pitter patter. Good this. because it makes people sleep at night. Yes. That's right. Lots of That's dress right. up. Uh, I always say with of... the boy, when they can start, um, you know, running around, you pick them up from the crib and you put them down and <laughs> until you put them in the crib at night and then it's, <laughs> but <laughs> in between, it's all. <laughs> Okay, but I have to say something. For the amount of children you have, you are gorgeous. Oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. Very kind. Well, let's talk now about your youngest son, August. And I know you told me he brought a lot of joy and activity to your family. Courtney, tell us what he was like. He was, I love Austin's description um, of, he's a, he was a lightning bolt. He got here, and as soon as he did, he thought he was as old as his oldest brother West <laughs> he thought West was about five when he was born and he he basically thought he was he could do anything that West could do and he should be able to do anything that West could do and he um it's a funny story he would never eat baby food because he would look around the table and see that no one else was eating um you know pureed yeah, anything <laughs> yeah and he'd the look around stuff. and he'd just like like yell until we gave him small pieces of what they had and then he was like okay I'm and I know you now. said he rolled over, right? At yes. 10, and 10 I'm telling days? you, my, my pediatrician still doesn't believe me. And, and I love the man. He, he trusts me. But um, yeah, he rolled over back to front at 10 days old. Two adult witnesses there. Oh, <laughs> so. wow. And then he crawled pretty early too, right? Yeah, he, he was crawling by six months. I remember I was not ready to put the baby gate up yet because no need he's right. six months six old six months old why do we need a at gate at the stairs and I found him at the top of the stairs one day so yeah. I called Austin and I was like get the baby gate down mm -hmm. <laughs> we well I think it. from the very beginning he saw his siblings and he's like I want to do what they're doing yes well Austin I know you had crew. yeah I know Austin you had a special pet name for him what was it uh August Man yeah that was uh I I uh you know, he was just such a, so full of life, so uh, fully formed, just such an amazing blessing every moment uh, uh, that we had with him. You know, we always just think of blessings kind of as 
um, sometimes uh, less you know concrete but like you know this was a blessing you could hold and love and and you know smell and, and that said and, I love you mama yeah. I love you dada yeah. Austin do he you have a special really. memory with him that you um, just smile when you think about it uh, you know the uh, one of the funny um, stories is is uh, him and his brother Wes they shared a room uh, once once August got to be a little older and um I, you know, they had gone to bed, um, and and I told West, I said, hey, you know, um, he's gonna try to come come downstairs, so you know, please keep him upstairs, and probably didn't say it like that. It was probably more <laughs> more uh, you know stern dad talk, uh, but uh, and so um, August came downstairs again, and I said, I said, West, man, I told you to keep him upstairs, and West goes, I tried, but he's like a machine. <laughs> He was. <laughs> he really was. He was. He was like a machine. The guy he just, sounds so precious. So no, precious yeah. and so fun. It's nice when you have a happy baby. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, man. He was just uh, joy. Pure joy. <laughs> well, let's transition now. And I want to move. And I want to talk about the day of the accident. Uh, it was July 5th, 2018. And I know that you were on vacation attending a family reunion for the 4th of July. And this is a trip you did every year. Courtney, why don't you just walk us through the events that took place after you put August to bed on the night of the 4th? Um, August, uh, to backtrack just a second, August had a, a habit of ever since we brought him home from the hospital, he would cry or come get in bed with us between about two and six in the morning and finish the rest of the night with us in bed and my other kids I hadn't allowed to sleep with me in Austin but with him everyone could sleep and we were just like tired so (laughs) we let him sleep with us so every night of his life which is a sweet gift he would come Mm -hmm. and sleep with us and um this didn't change on vacation we had been there five days already and and the fifth was our last day and um so we put him to bed the night of the fourth um in a room upstairs with all our kids and um, he woke up um, about 5.30 in the morning and we know this because my sister-in-law was out in the the room that he came out in the big you know living room and he saw her and she she um, interacted with him a little bit and then he said I'm gonna go see my dad and um, so she led him to the stairs and had him walk down the stairs well at the bottom of this this house was built so at the bottom of the stairs was a big sliding glass door and then if you turn right, you go down a hallway to get in bed with me and Austin, which he had done five nights in a row. And um, But when he came down this particular morning, um, the sliding glass door had been left open. My father-in-law had decided to sleep downstairs and told the police later that he had, he had um, gone out the door to um, relieve himself in the early morning hours and um, didn't, didn't shut the door completely. It's about left open 18 inches or so. So, um, so August came down and um, was left with a opportunity. Opportunity. <laughs> do I go get in bed with my parents? Wah wah. Or do mm. I go out into the wide, beautiful world and um, explore? Explore. Mm-hmm. And he was an explorer. He was an adventurous man. And you know, whenever she said, uh, "I'm going to see my dad," we kind of think, yeah. in light of what happened, that that was. Um, 
you know, a God, a God thing. Like he was going to see his father because he would always say, I'm going to go see my mom and dad when he was coming downstairs. Like, I'm going to go see my mom and dad. But that morning he said, I'm going to go see my dad. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the morning, when you woke up early in the morning on the 5th and you realized that August was missing, Austin, what was your first reaction and what did you do? Instantly called 911 and then just went to prayer. Mm-hmm. And 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 just relying on on God's presence um, to be able to stand, to be able to um, you know try to comfort my wife and to to uh, let my kids know that that everything's going to be okay. And I know you had a lot of people searching for him in the community, right? Yes, they had a huge search. You know, everyone in the uh, surrounding town came to you know search the surrounding woods and there were a number of different uh, law enforcement agencies that showed up and so yes it was very extensive and and um which is comforting it's comforting Courtney I know now you said that when you woke up and then you realized he was missing even though the community is out searching for him you said that you knew that August was gone. Can you tell us how you were feeling and what the Lord was, what you were hearing from the Lord? Yeah, it was a five-hour search, and um, but from the moment I woke up and realized he wasn't there, I just, I just knew he was gone. I can't really explain it, but I knew that he wasn't on the earth, and um, and how I also knew it was going to be okay. How quickly the Lord um, just, just covered me, oh, just rushed in with that peace. I knew He was gone. I was, of course, I was, you know, I had hope, but in my heart of hearts, I knew that He was in heaven already. It had to be comforting for that peace to come so quickly, because you needed it. You know, it was. I remember actually telling um, they had us seated on the porch they didn't you know they had us they wanted us in one place and I remember saying um almost like we can get on with this you know if if he if he walked off the dock he would be right there someone just go look right there and it's I just knew I just knew I just knew Austin, you told us that the police recommended that you do an interview with the local news to alert everyone that Austin was missing. And I thought about that, and I thought, I can't even imagine being able to articulate words <laughs> to a reporter on camera. What did you say? Yeah, you know, it was it was definitely an unbelievable, surreal experience. Um, and when they asked us, you know, what happened, I just kind of recounted the way that, that we just did. Um, and then I and then I said that, you know, we we trust that that God is going to bring August home, and and even if He doesn't, we know that that God is in control and He's gonna take care of us and He's gonna take care of our family, and um, and that turned out to be absolutely true. You know, I think it's remarkable, remarkable how the peace of God was covering you during all those hours that everybody is searching. And that peace continued to cover you because as the community is out searching, and you mentioned those agencies, three agencies are out searching, then at some point the search is over. And they have to come in and they have to let you know that your precious little boy, he had been found. 
and that he had drowned in a lake. So, Austin, can you still remember hearing those words? That's that's not anything a parent wants to hear. Yes, I remember, um, you know, I was actually on the phone um, and and I saw everyone walking back up. Um, and so I knew that they were coming up to um, mm. tell us the news because that was the only time throughout the entire time where everybody had walked up at once. And yeah, so they stopped. They weren't yeah, searching. They anymore. stopped and everybody walked up. And so, you know, um, hearing the news um, was just something where where God um, was holding me up. You know, God was was uh, giving me a heart of praise and and of and of thankfulness for the amazing time, the two and three quarter unpromised years that we got to um, spend with August and and it's only God that could that could have um, sustained me in that moment and that could have uh, sustained my wife and, and sustained our kids. Only God. And, and Courtney, I thought it was amazing that you told me immediately, shortly after that, you formed a circle and began praying and even comforting the first responders. That's unbelievable. Like he said, only God can do that. What was the prayer like? With- um, well, when they came up all together, they did sit us sit us down, and, and right. they were in a circle. So and we were sitting next to each other, and they were circled up around us. And, and then they told us, and Austin said, we need to pray. And he, he prayed. A, it was just a song of praise, basically. Thank you for our baby. Thank you for the time we had with him. Thank you for the joy he brought to our family. We weren't. We weren't deserving of any of it. We weren't promised any of it, yet we got it. Mm. We got it for two and three quarter years. I mean, that man was special, and we got we got to be his parents for two and three quarter years. And so Austin was praising the Lord, and it was really neat to watch the first responders. This one man broke down and said, you know, I lost, I lost my wife last year. Mm. And, and he started telling us about his wife. <laughs> and it was such an interesting, amazing thing that the Lord was doing. So I know. Yeah, there were a lot of, uh, you know, agencies and a lot of uh, officers and different people there. And, and they they said that was kind of a unique um, experience for them to, you know, ask to be, to be asked to join a, a, a circle of prayer and, and thanksgiving. Um, at that time, but we just know, you know, um, my, my favorite verse is James 1, 2 through 3. You know, we, we take these trials as blessings, my dear brothers and sisters. Um, and for we know that they will help us to persevere and, and show the true colors of our faith. You know what I thought was so sweet when we were doing pre-production, you said something that really hit home to me. You said that when you were, you know, going through the in vitro and trying to have the baby, and then even in this situation, that you you would pray even if prayers, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't work out the way mm-hmm. we want it to work out, we're still going to praise you. Mm-hmm. And you started that with the in vitro, and you carried it through. That's part of your experience with Christ. No matter what happens, God, you're sovereign. Even if you don't do what I hope you will do and mm-hmm. what I want you to do, mm-hmm. I'm still going to love you and I'm still going to praise you. That's just awesome. That is well, he's, awesome. He's Amen. so sweet because he. we think we know what we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, Romans 8 
12, I think. You know, he works all of it to our good. Well, our good and his glory are the same thing. Mm -hmm. And what we think is our good isn't always what our good is, but our good is always his glory. And so we know that he's a surprising God. It may look completely different. It may not look like a baby. It may look like something else, but Mm -hmm. we know that... He's going to work it all. He's going to work it all. And and the true thing is that he is the prize. You know, all these Mm -hmm. things that Mm -hmm. we ask for, that we Mm -hmm. want, Lord, don't let my son die. Lord, give me a baby, Lord. And those are not the thing. The Mm -hmm. thing is him. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know that you told us the officer gave you that blanket that you even mentioned before we started airing today that was so special to August. And he told you to read Psalm 116, and I know that you and Austin sat together, specifically verse 7. Courtney, what message was in that verse for you that you took away? Well, I started at the top because I forgot what verse he told me to read, and I just started reading, and he highlighted verse 7, which is, um, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And this Mm. is maybe 10 minutes after they've told us our son is gone. Our son is in heaven, and I couldn't deny it. I couldn't deny that those words were true. My soul can be at rest because the Lord has been good to me. It's just, not, it's just true. And you know, while God is ministering to you, and then in turn you're ministering to the first responders, now you have to explain to the children. They know that something's been different that day, and, and you've got to explain to them that their little brother is gone. So, Austin, that had to be difficult. What did you say to them, and how did they take it? Well, um, they, they did not take it well. Um, of course not. As you can imagine, and, and um, you know, trying to find those words was the yeah. toughest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Um, but, you know, uh, God was ever-present. You know, mm-hmm. he was, he's close to the brokenhearted, and so... Um, I, I just let them know that we know where August is. Mm-hmm. And I just praise God for the the foundation of faith that we had instilled, that he had instilled in our kids through us um, so that this wasn't like some kind of foreign concept, like, hey, you know, let me tell you about this magical place that you don't know <laughs> about, you know? They had a <laughs> foundation, is, right. it's so good. And, and so being able to explain to them August is face-to-face with Jesus. August is running and jumping and, uh, you know, never experiencing pain or hurt or tears again. And, and in his we, true home. In his true home. You know, like C.S. Lewis says, these are the shadow lands, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, the true life is yet to come. And so um, uh, we just tried to explain it. Um, in, a, in a way they could extend it. He's, it's like having a million birthday parties all at once. You painted so. it in a way that they could understand, but also they wouldn't feel their brother was hurting or, or whatever. I thought it was interesting that you said a couple of weeks later, your oldest son, West, he was really having a tough time mm. handling his brother's death. And you two had a very special moment together. Tell us about that. Yes, we... Uh, so my wife and I were downstairs and um, his room is, is upstairs that he shared with his brother. And so he was upstairs, you know, one of the first couple of weeks going to bed without his little brother. And he really hadn't broken down um, like hardcore at that time. And he just came downstairs and just was bawling. And, um, you know, uh, 
I, I said, I said, buddy, what's wrong? And he said, I don't know, I don't know. And you know, we knew what was wrong. And, and, and I just said, well, cry it all out, buddy. Just, just cry it all out. Cry as, as much as you can. I said, just try to get dad's shirt all wet. And so he was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try. And he was like moving his face around my shirt, trying to get it all wet with tears. And, and, uh, so after he was all cried out, I said, okay, let's go back upstairs, buddy, and, and, and go to bed. And so we got up there and, and I just said that, you know, I said, buddy, you, um, you're a warrior mm-hmm. and, and we are in a battle and, and God is leading us. He is leading the charge. And, and then I, I lifted him up as high as I could lift him. And I said, and this is how God has us held. He is holding us up above this raging battle. And we just get to rest in his presence and rest in his word and, and watch the victory that he's going to bring to us. And, and, um, and he just looked at me and he said, I'm a warrior. And I said, yes, buddy, you are a warrior and, and we don't have to fight this battle. You know, um, it's like it says in second Chronicles 20, uh, verse 15, um, like through 17, I think it just says, you know, um, you will not have to fight this battle. Just take your position, stand firm and watch the deliverance that the Lord will bring. And, and for, you know, over two years now, we've seen exactly that happen. We just praise God. We know that he is for us and he has not changed today, Mm -hmm. yesterday or tomorrow. And he just brings us that deliverance. You know, as I listen to how you minister to your children, the grace of God was on you. It wasn't you. He really showed you exactly Absolutely. how to minister to them. And Courtney, you Praise were telling God. us that you had a tough time the day after your son's death, but even God gave you a comforting revelation. What was it? Um, he woke me up um, at 6.14, just with a start. I sat straight up in bed and I like was gasping. I took a deep, deep breath, and it was just—it was a startled wake up. And I looked at the clock, and I had seen August very happily from the back walking down that dock. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like his hand—his right hand was up. He was on the left hand side, and his right hand was up. And I didn't see anyone else there, but it, it was like he was holding a hand or something. But he was—he was—he um, was very happy. And I, I knew that that's when he had passed away. Um, it was that was a very just the the time the Lord was saying, you know, this this happened before you were even your eyes were even open, and um, which was comforting to Austin and I. Um, but he also then shortly after he he was um, he reminded me of the story when Jesus was telling the group of followers, hey, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink mm-hmm. my blood. And it was, people like were like, this left. is too hard for me. <laughs> this is, yeah. who can who can hear this? This is too hard of a teaching. And half of them got up and left and he turns to his 12 and he says, what about you guys? Are you, are you going to leave? Are you going to leave me too? Does this offend you? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, he just, oh, to my heart asked me, he said, does my perfect plan of taking your son, does that offend you? Wow. Does my perfect plan offend you? And we just both said, no, Lord, it's yours. And where else would we go? Yeah, You're the one who gives go. life. You Absolutely. are life. And without him, you can't, you can't make it, not even a minute. 
He is it. Mm-hmm. He is it. And Austin, we were talking, you know, there is no roadmap, no roadmap to show you how to handle grief. We've had other people on the show that have been through different challenges in grief, and, and there is no roadmap. But you told us that you had a specific prayer, and God answered it. What, mm. what was your prayer? Yeah, that was um, very early on. Uh, I was just, you know, praying that he would... Um, give us a prayer that would just help us in this time. And so he um, blessed me with, um, we were we were asking for simultaneous or concurrent um, grief and worship, um, just grief and praise simultaneously so that we could- In the same breath. So yeah. that we, yeah, so we could grieve our sweet August man and praise the name of God in the same thought, in the same breath, in the same, you know, moment, um, just so that, you know, if, if you, um, let yourself go too far down the grief path, you know, it can get very dark. Mm -hmm. If you, uh, do not grieve and only are just worshiping, then you're almost denying it or acting like nothing happened. And, and so we just wanted that, that perfect, um, mixture of 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 grief and praise and and praise god he he blessed us with that and continues to do that so that we can you know overcome in his name you know and that's not easy to do because sometimes when we're suffering we should run to god but we actually run away you know and we we kowtow and we get on the floor and and we do grieve without the praise but as you said there is a place for the grief we had a guest on um, pastor ricky tejada who's the senior pastor at at covenant church in Carrollton, texas Mm -hmm. and i think there is definitely something to say to this because Mm -hmm. he lost his wife to a drunk driver Mm -hmm. just an Mm -hmm. hour after he found out they were about to be ordained as Mm -hmm. associate pastors and so it Mm -hmm. was a grieving time but he said the lord helped him he took out his tv in his house and everything and he was grieving Mm -hmm. but Praising in the other hand. It was happening simultaneously for him too. And he said that's what got him through. So I think that's a lesson that we can take away from them. There is power in worship and praise. So much. Well, you know, I was thinking that scripture says that God inhabits Mm -hmm. the praises Mm -hmm. of his people. Mm -hmm. So if you ever needed God to inhabit Mm -hmm. a space, it's Mm -hmm. when you are completely broken. And so I think that's really Mm -hmm. that really is an answer. It is. Absolutely. And I know that the funeral services drew like the largest crowd almost that your church Mm -hmm. had had ever had. And so many people just wanted to celebrate August and his life. But up to that point, you had never seen his body since after the drowning. You told us that you didn't see your child. So now on the Wednesday before the funeral on Saturday, you both see August for the first time since you put him to bed the night of the 4th. So... Let's start with you, Courtney. And that's just hard. What was that experience like? I had to prepare Austin because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what physically my body would do. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him in the car before we got out to walk into the funeral home, I said, I might, my legs didn't feel like they would hold me up. It's like, I might fall down. I might scream. I might cry. I was like, please just leave me there. <laughs> if yeah. I do, you know. Um, but I had to prepare him. But we all know how surprising our God is. And when I walked in there, it was the first time I'd seen my son since putting him to bed. Mm-hmm. The night of the fourth. And I took one look at him and yeah, that was his body. But then the ceiling, really, it lifted up and there was a hill mountain and Jesus' throne was on top and he was on his throne. and. Everywhere, people were all around it, just worshiping Him and praising Him. And I just remember the feeling of it being, 
it's not like I thought I want to praise him. I need to praise him. It was just pulled from my mouth because when you see him, you can't not praise him. <laughs> and um, it was just, I was praising him by no cognitive, you know, I wasn't forcing myself. I wasn't doing it. It was being pulled from my mouth. And so it was what I walked in there thinking was going to be this, I'm going to be a puddle on the floor. He, yeah, he had me praising him. And showed you his holiness. Showed me his holiness. Yeah, that was that was the message I got coming out of that was, um, and I, I can even see it when I think back on it now, it's in bold letters. I can't see that without the word holy or holiness being in bold capital letters. And he was just impressing upon me, I am holy. Yes, you get my love. Yes, you get my mercy. Yes, you get my grace. Yes, you get all of these things. But that drips from the fact that I am first and foremost holy. Mm. And it just... I just think of you are holy. You are holy. I also think of I can only imagine. Mm. And it's like he just overshadowed you. Mm. I mean, his holiness... It's just amazing. And Austin, I know that you have the benefit of what's happening to to Courtney, but you also had your own experience at that same time. Yes. You know, um, I, uh, you know, like we said, it was, it was the first time we had gotten to see August and, you know, it was, um, and I'm just so thankful for uh, our church um, family at that time. And so thankful for all the people in our lives, our lives that were praying for us at that time because they were tangibly felt, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a time like that where you're so covered with prayer, I kind of likened it to like a big heavy coat almost, you know, mm-hmm. you could just, you could feel uh, the, the power, the of, the power prayer. of prayer. That's, mm-hmm. you know, in our, in our children's ministry, that's one thing we, we do like a, a call and response with the kids where I say, uh, what do we say? What What's prayer? And the kids go, our strongest weapon. <laughs> so, it, you know, it really is. It's our, it's our strongest <laughs> weapon. And so uh, I was just so covered with, with prayer at that time um, from court and from uh, everyone that was praying for us. And I just remember, you know, seeing August and knowing that, that this is an earthly shell, you know, that, that, that this is uh, our, you know, uh, our tent, you know, this is not a, a, a permanent right. home. This Absolutely. is a, you, you, you know, uh, at the end of the trip, you pack up the tent and, and go, you know, and, and so um, uh, we, I, I just fell to my knees, you know, praising God, thanking him for the time um, that, that we had with August. And, and then it kind of manifested itself by um, my phone just started going crazy in my pocket. Like just, I don't know if people were calling me, if I was getting a bunch of texts at that time, but during that exact moment, my phone was just buzzing me over and over and over again. And, and it just kind of, to me, um, every time I felt that, it was just like the comfort of Jesus, the comfort mm. of the Lord. And I kind of had a picture of him, you know, just just uh, right next to me with his hand on the back of my neck, just comforting me. No words, just, just you know, a comforting hand of a father, um, of my father, my king, uh, you know. And, and it, was, um, it was just something that, again, that, you know, he, I believe, 
and he says in his word that he gives us you know what we need um, mm-hmm. in order to glorify him in each moment and so he gave us exactly what she he gave court that vision that she needed to see he gave me that you know physical manifestation of something happening my phone just buzzed just now thank you Jesus <laughs> but, uh, you know that physical manifestation uh, that just gave us right what we needed to be able to overcome in his name in that and, moment and that's what I was going to say I think it's so beautiful how the Lord dealt with you separately and mm. individually and gave mm-hmm. you what you needed and Courtney as you move through those initial days of trauma and pain the Lord continued to guide your healing you were telling us that he had you like in a spiritual bubble mm. he did from from really early on it felt like a just a big protected bubble and and the best thing about this bubble was um I couldn't think like five minutes past I couldn't look five minutes into the future I was just present with the Lord I knew that he was keeping my legs standing in that moment and I knew in the next moment he would keep my legs standing in that moment mm-hmm. but I, I um, that's where he really started impressing on me because I was I remember thinking early on I'm like Lord I, th- I feel like as we get further away from you know 10 years down the road this might be gone this bubble you might not always protect me like this in this bubble and I don't want it to go mm. I remember praying please don't ever let this go mm. and he really um, impressed upon me as um, this is abiding this mm. is abiding in me. Mm-hmm. Like the, when when you are just focused on me and what I'm giving you in this moment, not that moment, mm. <laughs> this moment, mm-hmm. then um, that, that's what abiding is. So because, I've given you the tools. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know you said it was like he was spoon feeding he you. He was. He mm-hmm. was everything you needed. And you know, it's like you're having growth. Both of you are going deeper, deeper in him as a result of something that was tragic. You know, something positive is happening in your individual relationship. I, I with was the Lord. brought to my knees with conviction that I had ever read God's word. I was still in Psalms at the time. I just kept doing what I had been doing before August died and kept going through and and they just they got so much deeper mm-hmm. that I, I was convicted that I'd ever written read the word at such face value or as such, you know, almost I don't want to say flippantly because I don't read his word flippantly, but without seeing the depth. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a story and what a testimony. And I've got to say, I want to give the audience positive, quick update that March of 2019, and that's almost a year after your son's death, you were named directors of the children's ministry at your church. Mm -hmm. And Courtney, how rewarding is it for you to have the opportunity to love on these little ones in light of everything that's happened? It's it's wonderful. Um, The first time I went back, the Lord blessed me with this little girl who came in who was about August age, who only wanted to be held by me and looked just like him in the face. Aww. I was, it was just so yeah, the, sweet. That was the, the day we went back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was just, she wasn't a, a regular attender. She just came that day. Oh, that was it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. A divine appointment. But he, do, he does <laughs> that all the time through these kids. Well, I know on October 15th, August's birthday, the Lord put on both of your hearts to have more kids, gave you a desire to have more kids. Yes. So in January of this year, you added a new member to your family. Uh, how exciting. Austin, tell us about the new baby. Yeah, it's uh, Towns Aaron, and uh, he is just such a blessing, such an amazing um 
just an amazing, happy man. And, oh, and Towns and, Aaron, he sounds like someone very important. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think he knows that. I think he knows. Yes, he's, we, we always say King he's, baby. Yeah, he's very regal, you know? He's just kind of like, I, I can hold the bottle, but you must feed me, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. but, but he's just so, uh, just such a joy, just pure, just such a blessing. And, and you know, yeah, God put it on our heart. You know, we we um, weren't done yet. You know, we we like I said, we love being parents, and and so we just had to get back in the baby game. Well, you know, I think it's also very interesting and very neat that every year on July fifth, the anniversary of your son's death, the entire family takes an August trip. Mm-hmm. Courtney, what happens on those trips? We do. We just pick a place and we um, pack up the kids, and they're really good road trippers, and we go and um, we'll take. Either, you know, August blanket or just, you know, our phones, of course, have all his pictures and memories and and we'll just spend time remembering him and praising the Lord for the time we got. And and each of the kids will, they wrote little, every now and again when they get sad, they'll write little messages to him. So they'll, you know, Mm. read little messages to him and and we just just pray and thank God for our time with him and just, just celebrate him. Well, before we close today's show, though, I want you to share this other piece of good news that we didn't find out until we were doing (laughs) pre-production. Tomorrow, October 15th, as I said, listeners, we are recording this on October 14th. So tomorrow, October 15th, is not only August's birthday, but it's another special day for your family. So, Courtney, you want to tell us about it? Yes, because God is a surprising God. (laughs) Um, He worked it out to where tomorrow is our implantation day, um, our embryo transfer. So we're Getting back in the baby game again. Lord willing, going to get (laughs) pregnant with another baby as of tomorrow. And what I thought was interesting is the projected due date. Yes. Mm. The projected due date would be July 5th. July 5th. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the... Okay. Mm -hmm. And you didn't plan that, right? No, no. Not at all. That has to do with my, my body and the... The, how yeah. well the, the hormones are working and all that. So they told her the dates and she told me, and I was like, come on, that, that can't be. It's just, you know. And are. they can't even project it. It's something that like changes as you're, you know, as they follow your cycle and whatnot. So the day that your baby, your sweet baby, went to be with the Lord may also be the day that you are given yeah. a new gift. He's such a surprising Amen. God. Wow. <laughs> Always Amen. good. Well, you know, I love your story. For me, it just highlights God's faithfulness, His holiness, His sovereignty. You know, and even when we think we've lost everything, we haven't, as you said, we haven't if we have Him. Mm -hmm. Because if we have Him, we have everything. Peggy, what are your comments? Well, Courtney and Austin, that was just unbelievably inspiring. And you know, as I was thinking of you in the words that I would say as a commentary, there is a beautiful Latin phrase is called sola gratia. It's one of the five foundational set of principles held by theologians and clergy to be central to the doctrine of salvation. It's really taught by the reform branches of Protestantism, and it simply means by grace alone. The grace of God is such an amazing thing to consider. I know you know this. A love so great that Jesus would lay down his life for us willingly and completely as a gift. But when I think of you, Courtney and Austin, the words solo gratia means so much more 
Saving grace is such a beautiful gift, but particularly in your case, we see a supernatural grace in play that has caused you to literally be carried 24 hours a day and 60 minutes in each hour. Through the greatest human tragedy almost any parent can comprehend, you have learned to live each second leaning on His grace alone. While nobody would envy your painful experience, there is something so awe-inspiring about your walk with God that, quite frankly, it leaves the rest of us with a longing to know Him, both in the fellowship of His sufferings and in the power of His resurrection one day. He alone, solo gratia, by His grace alone, He allows us not only to survive the unthinkable, the unimaginable, but to thrive in the celebration of life, this life and the one that is to come. Our Christian walk never exempts any of us from sorrow. We just sorrow not as those who have no hope. For our hope rests in Him alone who promises to make all things beautiful in His time. Thank you for sharing your story and giving us a glimpse into the life of your precious little boy, August. You see, I understand a little bit about your pain, as my sister Bonnie drowned also when I was 20 years old. And like you, I will never forget her. But as each year passes, a part of me lives every new experience for her. I secretly share it with her, knowing that one day we will be together again in a place where God will eventually wipe away all tears. Until then, may the grace of God keep you May the grace of God continue to heal you. And may the grace of God alone, sola gratia, continue to be your salvation. Austin, there are people out there like me and like you who thought life would be different. It's not normal for young people to die. It's not natural for that. Old people die. And when something flies in the face of the human expectation, it can just so just so completely baffle you and, and, and confuse you and, and harm you abil your ability to trust. So there are some people out there that I'm sure in over 68 countries might be walking this out. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering, Austin, if you would pray that the same solo gratia that has sat on you and Courtney would sit on them as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, I I think when this happened, uh, somebody asked one time, "Is are you using Jesus as a crutch um, to get through this? And, um, and I, I heard someone say one time that he's not a crutch, he's a whole stretcher. <laughs> and, and he has absolutely, like you said, just carried us so amazingly. So um, yeah, let me pray. Uh, dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for you. We thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega, that you have gone before us, God. You've seen every moment. You've caught every tear. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your presence, for giving us your hope, the hope that is the blessed assurance that, that we that we will see you again, that when, when we um, are done 
here on earth that you will greet us in heaven and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And God, we just thank you for comforting all those that mourn. Thank you that you are close to the brokenhearted. Thank you for uh, lifting up those that, that are, are mourning. Thank you for um, just being a light uh, in, in the darkness. God, we know that you can turn beauty from ashes. You can turn mourning into dancing. Mm -hmm. And God, we just thank you that that is only possible through the powerful and holy name of Jesus. Help us to continue to glorify you. God, help us to um, rely not on ourselves, but rely completely on you, Father. We just ask that you would get rid of all of us and replace it with all of you. And I just thank you for shepherding us. I thank you for shepherding all those who um, need you. We all need you, Father. And I just ask that you would uh, come in and, and heal the wounds of, of um, all those that are hurting. Thank you for healing our wounds so that we can follow you wholeheartedly, Jesus. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. I'm telling you, I know, as I told you a moment ago, that there are going to be so many people that are going to hear this show, and they're just, they're just going to be blessed. They're going to be mm -hmm. changed, and they're going to realize that there is a place for praise. There is a place for praise in the middle of pain. You've yes. got to continue to praise. Thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. I know this so wasn't much. easy. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you for we love talking letting about us talk August. about them. Yeah. yeah. And remember. Happy birthday, y'all. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday August. Everybody. We're now uh, like two years closer to seeing him again. So wow. praise, praise God. God. Well, listeners, if you want to read more great stories, you need to pick up Peggy's book, Makeup Lessons, a testimony of prayer, healing, and redemption at the makeup counter. A lot of great stories, prayers at the end of each chapter. You can pick it up on barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. And if you love smooth jazz, our resident musician here and musical director and recording engineer he has a new single out it's called looking up and it will definitely make you want to look up and make you want to dance if you love jazz 99 cent download on itunes or amazon also please go to our website mlforlife.com we would really love to hear from you and you can go on there and learn more about our guests and check out our store our newsletter so much there for you please remember to check us out We'd like to thank our recording engineer and editor, Scott Frazier, who is also a pastor, worship leader, and motivational speaker. Check out his website at nc3wilkesboro.com. That's W-I-L-K-E-S-B-O-R-O.com. We'd also like to thank saxophonist Tom Braxton, our assistant recording engineer, and the one who is responsible for all the original music you hear in the show. You can check out his smooth jazz at www.tombraxton.com. This is a show about the transformation in people's lives and the journey of life that we're all on. And there are lessons to be learned from one another. So please grab a girlfriend, a husband, a brother, anyone special in your life, and join us as we get real. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe, be blessed, and remember, don't be afraid to sit down in the makeup chair. Because God is going to give you the makeover of a lifetime for Sharon and me. Bye now.